Welcome to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I am your host, Donovan Place, and I am joined here by my co-host, Ben Schmidt and Colin Hansel. So in today's episode, due to the NBA season starting tomorrow, we're going to focus on the NBA season. We're going to start with recapping some of the stuff that happened in the past offseason, including trades, signings, draft picks, and then we're going to hop into some predictions that we have for the upcoming season. So starting off, some of the biggest moves of this offseason, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo re-signed with the Milwaukee Bucks, signed an extension, five-year deal. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I think, I mean, if you're Milwaukee, you obviously have to pay him. You don't, you don't really have any other option. But, uh, yeah, it's just a case of where I know they gave up. Didn't they give up a lot of picks to acquire someone? Who'd they acquire? They acquired Drew Holiday. They acquired Drew Holiday. They almost had um, Bogan. Bogan. They oh, almost yeah. had Bogdan. Yeah, yeah, so if you're the Bucks right now, um, I mean, you're in win-now mode, and if you don't win within the next two years, then it's either you are going to have to go full rebuild or you're going to be in the shitter for, like, another 10 years. Right, and the Milwaukee Bucks, as we just said, uh, did trade for Drew Holiday. They got Giannis some help. Um, Drew Holiday is a very good starting point guard. Big upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. Um, but you did bring up uh, the Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, there is some controversy um, revolving his situation right now. The, uh, reported earlier this morning, actually, the Bucks lost their 2022 second-round pick for uh, violating rules governing the timing of their discussions with Bogdanovich. Mm. It's a little tampering situation. How I, I do have this one question. When a team loses a second-round pick... Who ends up getting that pick? Because, like, they don't just go, oh, there's only 59 picks in the draft. How? I'm sure. Just... I thought they just skipped it. You know, that's a great, that's a great point, thought, actually. Is it just, like, another random thing? Like, no. I, th- I thought, because, like, relating it to the NFL, the Patriots lost a pick a couple years ago. Didn't they just skip it then, too? Like, I thought when teams lose picks, I thought they just skip over it. Do they really? Well, the NBA dra- or the NFL draft does work differently. There's all the compensation picks yeah. and yeah. whatnot. Um, that is something to look into. So we did see Bogdanovich, a nice wing, end up signing with Atlanta. Atlanta had a big offseason. They also acquired uh, Rajon Rondo from the Lakers, or they signed him after his championship uh, run with the Lakers. And uh, the Hawks are looking nice next year. Do you guys have them in the playoffs? I do. I do. I think the Eastern Conference, the thing is, is that this the conference has been notoriously weak. But I do think there are, It's. I think this year it's actually more top-heavy. I think the f- top five teams are very good and can, can all p- compete for the Eastern Conference Championship. But I do think the Hawks slip into the playoffs because I think Trey Young will have a monster year. I think there's a very, very solid chance they at least compete for one of those bottom spots. This team was not good at all last year, but I think they definitely went out and did a good job getting Trey Young some help. I would love to see Cam Reddish take any sort of step forward because kind of even the hype he had coming to Duke, it just – he didn't have a bad year at Duke. It just – I don't think it was as good as we all thought. And then he wasn't too good last year, so I'd really like to see him take a step forward. And I think if if those role players that Atlanta went out and got – like, show up, and then we see Trey Young continue to step forward like he has been the last two years, I think Atlanta definitely has a chance 
to compete for that back seat. I probably wouldn't say that if they were in the West, but in the East, they can definitely slip into a seven or eight seed. Right, and Atlanta has a very nice young core, one of the best in the league. They also drafted Onyeko Okungwu, the center from USC, uh, former Chino Hills, who he played with, uh, Ball Brothers. LaMelo Ball, who yeah. I want to switch over to the Hornets now. Um, LaMelo's new team, they had a huge offseason, um, some good ways, some bad. Um, they did draft LaMelo Ball, huge for that organization. He hasn't been necessarily great in the preseason. Um, do you guys, is he the rookie of the year favorite? Uh, I think it would either be him as the favorite. You could also throw in Wiseman. I think those are the two top candidates for rookie of the year. But me personally, I am not as high on LaMelo Ball as other people are. The the shooting percentage he had when he played in Australia wasn't very good. It was like low twenties, wasn't it? Or yeah, like low thirty, something like that. Wasn't good at all, and especially in a shooting league, at a shooting position, we all see the highlights of him passing, which will be fun to watch. But I'm concerned about how he's going to shoot the ball because we know his older brother Lonzo had his struggles shooting the ball. But right now, for me, my pick for Rookie of the Year, and we'll get into our picks. I'm actually going with the Wizards pick of Denny something, 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 something. Yep. Denny, I loved him. I think I think he's a chance to be, I, would, I don't want to say the next Luka, but I think he can be another European player who has played very good. And the odds right now to for him to win Rookie of the Year is plus 1,800. 1,800, those are good odds. Very good odds. Very so good I odds think there's a shot he can uh, win Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I don't I don't have LaMelo as my Rookie of the Year favorite at this point, but that saying that, I'm not worried about him having a hard time in his first year either. I think you could see some bumps in the road, bumps in, the road in terms of shooting, but I think he has such a ability to just get in the zone. I think we could see him have a much easier transition to the NBA than Lonzo did. And like you kind of mentioned, we've already seen how good he's been on the boards and in transition with the assists, stuff like that in the preseason. And then there was even a he did, he dropped like fifteen or twenty in one of the games, didn't he? I think he had like an yeah. okay game from from three. So we could definitely see points where it just does not look good early on. But I think once he gets in the groove, he could go on a run, and I think it's gonna be a lot easier transition to the NBA than it was for his older brother Lonzo. Um, that being said, like I said, he's not my rookie of the year favorite. I really think James Wiseman is going to have an easy transition in such a great offense in Golden State if they are healthy. I mean, Steph Curry hopefully stays healthy. Andrew Wiggins looked good there last year. I think a new system fits him well. And then even acquisitions like Kelly Oubre, um, Draymond Green, I think is a lot better when he's not the number one option on a team. So I think Golden State is a good fit for James Wiseman. So that's why I think he'll have an easy transition and perform well at a position that the Warriors really have not had in their dynasty run. Yeah, right. And we saw last year uh, James Wiseman did not get to play much in college. Uh, Memphis had the recruiting violations. He had to sit out the season. So unfortunately, we didn't get to see him play too much on national television last year. But speaking of national television, LaMelo Ball, I mean, he's very talented, listed at six seven, I believe. He's going to draw a lot of attention to an organization who has not gotten many much attention for a long time now, maybe ever. So um, I expect them to see, expect to see them on more prime time games than you ever have before. 
Another interesting move that the Hornets made, they signed Gordon Hayward to a four-year, $120 million deal. Very questionable move by uh, Michael Jordan and the Hornets. What do you guys think about that deal? I, I'm I'm a little concerned for yeah. uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah. I, I want to know what he's thinking of because what did Gordon Hayward show in Boston that he was worth that kind of money? I feel like he should have like learned from the Terry Rogier contract. I mean... So they were kind of like... The Mac Biombo contract. Yeah, all the, those examples. They were kind of like... The reason they let Kemba walk... The Batum contract. Kemba was making a ton of money. And it was like, okay, we're not going to win with him. We can't pay him a ton of money. But then they went out and paid a ton of money to guys like you've mentioned and now Gordon Hayward. So I don't really understand. I feel like with with young pieces, don't go out and spend big money now. Get some young role players. And then maybe go after someone good in a couple years but Gordon Hayward certainly does not fit that that mold right and you guys talk about these contracts these big contracts to players like Gordon Hayward Terry Rozier Nick Batum do you guys know who their general manager is it's Mitch Kupchak uh he was the general manager of the Lakers when they signed Luol Deng and Timothy Mozgov to their massive contracts that had so this guy's addicted to bad contracts he is he's addicted to I think does he just scroll through like Twitter comments on NBA Twitter and just find like the random, like commented guys like oh Luo thing oh Mozgov like does he, and he signs him to big deals like he misses what? out on the top eight free agents and then he literally just offers every other player the best the highest deal possible okay. So Seems we, like a winning strategy. He's like someone's first attempt on a 2K franchise. He, he can't go an offseason without signing someone to a ridiculous contract. <laughs> All right, so um, we talked a little about some of the, like the Hornets. Let's talk about some contending teams. Um, we saw the Los Angeles Lakers, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Clippers. They all made some moves um, that will ultimately give them a better shot at winning another championship. So let's start with the Lakers. They signed... They pulled off a real stunner. Um, they signed Montrez Harrell to a two-year deal, stole him from the Clippers. We also saw them get um, Dennis Schroeder um, the trade with the Atlanta – or I'm sorry. Thunder. The Thunder. Oklahoma City Thunder. And they acquired Wesley Matthews from the Bucks. Of those three guys, which do you think will make the biggest impact on the Lakers next year? I think it's got to be Schroeder. Um Honestly, I don't think any are going to have like a huge impact just because they run so well through LeBron and AD that like they don't need another player to go off. At least I don't think they do. Um, but just because guard is a piece that they haven't had, no offense to Rajon Rondo, I think Dennis Schroeder's really going to do, do great things. He won sixth man of the year last year, right? Uh, he finished second. Okay, he was second. Okay, okay so... Um, I think I think in a new role, Dennis Schroeder will play really, really well, even better than he did last year. And um, just overall for the Lakers, it's obviously, I think, their title to lose. I don't know if there's a better roster in the NBA than theirs. Um, maybe not. It's not as – yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go Lakers. Yeah, they, they also did acquire um, Marcus Gasol. Um, he is now their backup center. Um and we saw them lose a few key pieces, like Rajon Rondo, who was one of the best players in the finals last year. Um, they ended up trading Danny Green, and they lost Dwight Howard to Philadelphia. So they did lose some key pieces, although I do think they brought in some better pieces. Um, 
I'm going to agree with you on that one. I think Dennis Schroeder would be the most important acquisition for them. Um, he's going to be a really good scorer, whether he comes, whether he starts or comes off the bench. But I think Montrezl Harrell is going to be a, a big help to them as well on the offensive side. I think he's really going to fit in well um, in that system next to Anthony Davis. And we talk about Montrezl Harrell, his biggest weakness, his biggest knock is his defense, and he's not going to have to protect the rim, you know. When he was on the Clippers, he didn't have a guy next to him. He had Zubats, maybe, not a great defender. Um, he never really had another good defender aside him. He now has Anthony Davis, who is one of the best defenders in basketball. So I think they're all good pieces. Um, and the other LA team, the Clippers, they also made some moves. Although they lost Montrezl Harrell, they replaced him with Serge Ibaka from Toronto. Very good shot blocker, very good player. And they also acquired Luke Kennard, who they signed to a big contract today. Do you guys think the Clippers this season are better equipped to make a run to the Western Conference Finals at least? I think they're more I think they're more self aware. I think going mm-hmm. into last year, a lot of people had the Clippers it was either the Clippers or the Lakers, most people had to make it out of the West. And the Clippers disappointed pretty much everyone. We were all kind of hoping for an LA-LA Western Conference Finals, and they got booted um, by the Nuggets when they shouldn't have. They had that series in the palm of their hand. But I think now, coming back, they're going to be more self-aware. They they just signed, what was it, Paul George to the big extension? Yeah. They signed Paul George to a big extension. They signed, uh, or they obviously signed Kawhi last season. And I think those two, they're going to play better this year knowing that they uh, they underperformed last year. I think Ibaka, like you mentioned, they didn't have that good defensive big man. Now they have that with Ibaka. Lou Williams is still on the team. Um, I'm sure they got other pieces. They fired Doc Rivers. They did yeah. fire Doc Rivers. They did big, fire big Doc. Move. Yeah, so I think in the regular season-wise, I don't expect them to be as good as they were last year, but I do think they should make a deeper run in the playoffs. I, I was just going to say real quick, it's, it, Paul George just simply has to play better, which is kind of why it puzzled me that they signed him to that extension, just because of how poorly, or how, I shouldn't even say poorly, just underperformed to his standards, because it wasn't like, if you compare to the SCA, it wasn't like he was awful, it's just where a superstar like 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 Paul George is supposed to be, completely underperformed, it was even worse in the playoffs, so... He just simply has to do better. And I completely agree with what you said, Donovan. I was going to bring it up as well. I think they'll be much more self-aware this time around because I really think they thought they were just going to coast their way to a LALA conference finals, and that certainly did not happen. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, when you think back to last year, um, one of their biggest issues was noticeably the team chemistry. Their chemistry never seemed to be there throughout the whole season, especially in the bubble. Um, And you got to think – all that low managing uh, really did come back to bite them. Obviously, they, you know, no one could have expected COVID to hit and us to go on a however many months that was a hiatus um, until the season resumed. But in the bubble, it was very noticeable that they were just off. Um, they weren't playing. They weren't playing smoothly together. Um, we heard about their locker room issues, quote unquote issues. So, I mean, this year is definitely a chance for them to a second season, a second chance to uh, make a run for the title. 
Um, maybe the biggest move of the offseason, although it is not to a strong contender, was the Chris Paul trade to the Phoenix to the Phoenix Suns. We saw the Thunder kind of clean house, trade a lot of pieces. They also traded Gallinari to the Hawks, uh, Steven Adams to the Pelicans. Do you guys think, um, one, is this Chris Paul trade the biggest move of the offseason, and will it elevate the Suns to a playoff spot? I think as of right now, it's the biggest trade of the offseason. And I guess it, I think it will be because the season started tomorrow, and we obviously have all the James Harden rumors. But I think, I mean, we saw what the Suns did in the bubble, the bubble Suns, the undefeated Suns. Um, they went, what, 9-0? They, they're a fun team. They've been a fun team for years, even though they haven't necessarily been good. But Devin Booker is under very underrated. He should get some more love, more shine, and he will. you got Aiton, who I think will develop into a very good player. And then you have Chris Paul. I think the Suns can contend to grab one of those final playoff spots in the West, even though of how stacked the Western Conference is. Overall, for the Suns, I do like that trade from. I am not going to say that's the biggest trade of the offseason just because a Chris Paul acquisition is maybe going to move the Suns from fringe playoff team to likely fringe playoff team, except this time maybe on the other side. The one for me is what we talked about earlier. I still think it's the Drew Holiday trade because I think that could be the one that pushes Milwaukee to an NBA Finals. Because we've seen a couple times where Giannis plays well and then guys like Chris Middleton or other ones just fall flat on their face. Um, I know there was like a game a couple years ago, I believe it was against Toronto, where Giannis fouled out of a playoff game and then it was kind of just like no one else could really step up for those last like quarter, whatever it was, where Giannis had fouled out. I think if that a situation like that were to happen or Giannis gets hurt, I think Drew Holiday makes a big impact on that team. So that's why that's my biggest trade. But back to the Suns. I do like the Chris Paul move for now. I think he'll really um, kind of change the culture there um, on top of what Monty Williams has already done. And I think he, as good as Devin Booker has been, Chris Paul can teach him even more. I know we say that a lot with these like older athletes going to a new team, how they can like teach the young guys. But I really do think that's, that's true, especially a guy like Chris Paul who's done so much in his career that um, even if he is just there for a couple years because he's aging, he could really help Devin Booker improve to another level that he's 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 already been so good and I, I, I like what you said about Aiden because if he if he develops um Phoenix could be a good young team I um don't think they're a championship contending team but I like the move for them in general I don't they didn't give up a whole lot to get him either so yeah it was I love their jerseys too the yeah. valley jerseys they're nice oh. they're nice I want um, one of those yeah, you're right. Chris Paul, known widely across the league, is one of the smartest players, um, one of the highest IQ. He's a, one of the best passers in league history. I think he's a good, great pickup for the that Phoenix Suns team, at least for the next couple of years. And you're right. I think Devin Booker um, really showed in the bubble um, what he's made of, that he's legit. Um, and you've really seen him get more respect over the offseason, which is good to see. Um, but you did mention the James Harden um a drama and a trade might be brewing there. We heard earlier today um, that the Heat were pursuing him and then that they weren't pursuing him. So there's a lot going on. Uh, he's also linked to teams like the Brooklyn Nets, the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, but while we're on the topic of the Houston Rockets, although we don't know what's going on with James Harden right now, they did make another move. 
They ended up trading uh, Russell Westbrook for John Wall, who hasn't played in nearly two seasons. Um, big pickup for the Rockets. And uh, do you guys think that's a good pickup? And do you guys think that getting rid of Westbrook solves the Houston Rockets' problems? I I don't know. I, I, I'm, I really don't know. My issue with the Rockets is that we obviously know that uh that Harden is going to score. He loves a score. The issue is is on defense. And Boogie Cousins, who they also got, he uh he's been banged up the last couple of years. We haven't really seen him pl- play at that Kings and even uh at the uh Pelicans level that he was at. Um so I think and especially John Wall not playing the last couple of years. I think especially if you're the Rockets relying on a, a Boogie Cousins and a John Wall for the second and third option, I think can I think is asking too much. And I think at this point if you trade Harden, you're kind of just throwing in the towel. I think you get a lot for Harden, especially from the, like the Heat. You could possibly get some picks. You get like Tyler Hero, maybe a Duncan Robinson. But I think I just I don't know how I feel about Houston. I, I really hope that team stays healthy, and no disrespect to James Harden, but I just really would love to just watch them play a game, a couple of games without him, just to kind of watch what it'd be like with a John Lowe, Boogie Cousins offense, like the two of them. We know their days back in Kentucky and how, how they've been wanting to play together, and I just said such an intriguing team to me. I'm not saying they should tra- trade James Harden. It's just, I'd be more interested to watch them without him just because I would love to see that offense and what they do rather than the high percentage of shots that James Harden takes. That being said, um, J- having James Harden is their best chance to compete. Uh, I don't think they they have enough to go for a championship because, like you said, I don't think um, having Wall and Boogie Cousins as your second and third option, uh, guys that are aging injury-prone, is enough to win you a ring. But overall, I just hope they stay healthy. That's what's big in me is I, I like would love to see those guys stay on the court for a full 82, maybe 75 games, something like that. No, yeah, I agree. And, I mean, we talk about who the problem was for the Rockets last year. I think it could go both ways. I mean, Westbrook and James Harden are probably the two most ball-dominant players in the NBA, and they just didn't mesh well together. Um, we saw Harden and Chris Paul mesh much uh, a more unselfish Chris Paul um, work very well together, um, especially in 2018. And uh, yeah, last year was kind of a mess. Um, it's hard to, especially for us, to determine what direction they go because they're both extremely talented players. But they ultimately ended up trading Westbrook. They acquired John Wall. And they still have other good pieces. You know, they still have, from last year, they have Eric Gordon, they have PJ Tucker, they have Ben McLemore. They also acquired Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins. Christian Wood is a very underrated pickup for them. Um, he's been a good uh, center for the Pistons for a couple years now. Very young. So there's a lot going on with Houston. I still think they're a good team. Uh, we have no idea what's going to go on with James Harden. But he could be a very big pickup for another team looking to contend for an, looking for another piece like the Philadelphia 76ers. If he ends up getting traded to the Sixers. One, do you guys think that that would be a good move for them? And two, would you be willing to give up Ben Simmons for James Harden? If I'm Philly, yes. Because, only because 
you have, and I, you can also attest this to uh, Joel Embiid, but the, the, what was it, the trust the process, that has been basically engraved into Philly's mindset. And if they don't win a championship, it's going to be one, known as one of the biggest letdowns in all of sports history. And I like Ben Simmons. I think he can develop into a, a solid player. I don't think he's going to be, you know, the number one pick we all thought he would be. But I do think, you know, in Houston, um, I think he'd fit well with a John Wall, with a DeMarcus Cousins, and with all those other guys. I think Ben Simmons would actually fit better in Houston's offense than he would in Philly's. Um, on a Philly side, you get James Harden and you get Joel Embiid to – very good scorers, you're going to have a high-scoring team. Defense could obviously lead to a problem, but I think if you're Philly, at this point you've got to take a shot when the Eastern Conference is young and is going to start becoming more of a powerhouse. Yeah, no, I I, cook, I completely agree with your point, Donovan, just because I think, one, Joel Embiid is a outstanding center, and with Philly, they just don't have shooters. They don't have ability to hit the long-range shot, shots that keep you in the game, and then shots near the end of the game will win it for you. And as good as Ben Simmons is, and as promising as that team was in their like first a couple years with Ben Simmons, you're like, this team is going to be really good. They just haven't done that, and I think you kind of just have to, to just move on at this point. I think Ben Simmons is is a great player, but James Harden's ability to shoot along with Joel Embiid's great game and how good he is, I think that dynamic duo is as good as any other dynamic duo in the East, so that would definitely give them a shot. So if I'm Philly, I would pull the trigger. If I'm Houston, I would also probably pull the trigger just because I think then your offense would not be as reliant on James Harden. You would probably have a more balanced offense, a more balanced system. And I don't think Houston's good enough to win right now, so it might as well try and get a young potential superstar. I mean, he's already a star, and if you develop him the right way, Ben Simmons could be a top-five top player in our game in a couple of years. So um, will it actually happen? I don't think there's a great chance. If Harden really wants out, though, I think this would be the strongest option for the uh, Rockets to try and pursue because I think obviously getting someone like Ben Simmons would be a lot better than getting someone like Tyler Hero. Yeah, I personally would really like to see uh, that trade happen. I think it'd be very interesting. They would most likely ha- just need to get rid of Ben Simmons because, one, if you have James Harden there, Ben Simmons really doesn't fit in at all. And two, I think the Rockets would demand a player like Ben Simmons, given the oh, yeah. talent that James Harden is. Um, when you look at Philly, though, they do. Um, they were kind of a mess last season. They did not live up to expectations. And a big reason because of that was because they lost Jimmy Butler to the Heat. Um, Jimmy Butler, we may not have realized it at the time, was so crucial to that Sixers team that took the Raptors with Kawhi to seven games. Yeah, they were a shot away from that. Uh, yeah, we know how they lost. Mm-hmm. It was tied. Kawhi hit the crazy shot to advance um, to the Eastern Conference Finals. That was probably the best Philly team that we're going to see. Yep. Um, and when you think about them possibly trading for James Harden, how would a guy like James Harden and Joel Embiid work? I mean, they're two big egos. Would they get along? Would that work together? 
They're both outstanding talents, but there is plenty of risk that comes with that. Um, but Philly made some nice moves. I mean, they were able to acquire Seth Curry, very underrated pickup that a lot of people are not talking about. He's one of the better three-point shooters in the league. Um, and Ben, you you made the point that last year they didn't have much shooting. So, I mean, they're, they're doing um, what they can to fix that. They still have Tobias Harris. He's a very talented player, um, but he hasn't, I guess, lived up to his yeah, expectations either. He is slightly overpaid. Um, and they also picked up Dwight Howard, which we saw was a key piece to the Lakers' championship run last year. Very physical guy down there. Um, he'll be nice next to Embiid or when Embiid goes to the bench. So Philly is definitely one of the most inter- interesting teams in the league. But as of right now, who do you guys think is going to come out of the Eastern Conference? I just want to say one more thing about Philly. Um, I didn't even think to mention this. I actually like that Dwight Howard uh, signing a lot because I know he is on the on the older side of his career, but we saw how good he played in his role with the Lakers. And Joel Embiid is a very injury-prone player. And as, Joel Embiid missed the playoffs last year, didn't he? Didn't he get hurt at the end of the, Or was that Simmons? One I, of them I believe hurt. Embiid did get Okay, so yeah, out. you could totally see Joel Embiid playing a big role if it's later on in the season and an injury happens to one of their bigs. So I like that signing a lot. Um, but I'll let you take the question, Donovan, of East champion. Uh, it's tough. It's tough because in the East, I see a lot of good, not great teams as opposed to the West where there are a ton of great teams. Um, you could obviously make it. I think I think there's a strong four that could all win it. And for me, that's the Bucks, the Celtics, the Heat, and the Nets. Um, my issue with the Nets is that we just haven't seen Kyrie and Durant play together. And what we've seen with the preseason, it's not great i know there's been like rumors already that they've been beefing a little um we which, saw we saw them on the instagram live Did yeah you see that yeah i think kind of i think part of that i think part of that was staged um <laughs> just because they're notorious beefers the both of them are but i just i don't know how i feel about brooklyn yet the heat obviously were in it last year and i think the entire world is gonna just overreact on tyler hero Duncan Robinson. Jimmy Butler deserves credit, don't get me wrong, but I think the other guys can be a little overhyped. You have the Celtics with Tatum, who I think Tatum's a solid player. Um, But other than that, uh, I think the Celtics just haven't shown me enough. And you have the Bucks, who I am going to pick to come out of the East strictly because Giannis is the best player in the East. Drew Holiday is a good... I guess second or third option, and I think Middleton will have a good bounce back year. Two things. One, I like your Celtics take because when they took LeBron and the Cavs, and it was a very undermanned Cavs team, but when they took them to seven and Jason Tatum was like, okay, guys, I'm here, I've arrived, you were like, kind of with Philly a couple years prior to that, you with, with Celtics, you're like, yeah, this is going to be one of the best teams in the East for years to come. And they have been. You just They have not taken that next step. I would have thought – they would have been to an NBA Finals by now. I would have picked them over the Heat, and I would have probably picked them over the Raptors a couple years ago um, before that season. Obviously, during that season with Kyrie, they were let down. But before that season, I would have picked the Celtics. So they've kind of been a letdown to me, and I really wish they would take that next step. And then another thing, a question I would ask, do you guys think the Steve Nash hire will work in Brooklyn? Do you think he's fit to be a head coach? I think it'll be interesting because that signing did come out of left field. 
Um, yeah. But it's it's going to be very interesting if they can do what they did with like the seven seconds or less sons. Because isn't D'Antoni an assistant there? He is. Yeah. Or I, I, he might be the assistant in Philly. Yeah, I thought did. No, Mooney went to Philly. Oh, did Mooney go to Philly? Mooney yeah, went did, to Philly. Yeah. D'Antoni's the assistant in Brooklyn. Who's the new Rockets coach then? It's the Mavs guy. Okay. It's like the oh, yeah, you're right. D'Antoni Mets. is the assistant for the Nets, yeah. my bad. So D'Antoni's okay. the assistant for the Mets. He was the head coach for Steve Nash's sons when they were the seven seconds or less. Yeah. And it's gonna be it's it's gonna be very weird because I'm sure they're gonna try and implement an offense similar to that, and we know how much Kyrie loves to dribble the yep. ball, and that offense relies on cuts, passing, and quick shots, which Durant is capable of, and Kyrie is capable capable of it too. It's just that's not their guys' game. It's give me the ball, and I'm gonna make a play. So I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be like that one year with the Cavs where they got Irving and they got Love for the first year. And to start the year, they were like 500. They were like 10 and 10. Yeah, it's going to take some time. Yeah. So I think it'll take some time, but I think they'll eventually figure out what works. It, it definitely will take some time. There is just, for me, too many questions surrounding this Nets team for me to pick them to come out of the East right now. Um Kyrie, uh, I'm sorry, Kevin Durant, um, the last time we saw him was in that finals against Toronto. He came back, uh, he had the Achilles injury, the terrible Achilles injury. And although he's not, you know, he's not an older guy, it's not a Kobe situation um, where he's like 35, 36. Uh, Katie's at a good age where he can recover from this. It just remains to be seen, you know. Is he, even if he's still an all-star caliber player, even if he's still a top five player in the NBA, is he still the same Kevin Durant that we saw in that finals and throughout all those years in Golden State? Um, that remains to be seen. Um, and obviously his fit with Kyrie Irving. We've also never seen either of these two, you know, especially Kevin Durant. We haven't seen him go on a big playoff run, um, you know, without Steph Curry. Steph Curry and that Golden State Warriors lineup. We did see him go somewhat far with those Thunder teams, but they were never, like, there where it's like, okay, they can win this championship. Um, And this Nets team does have a lot of good pieces. It's probably the most talented team in the East. You got Jared Allen. You got Joe Harris, Karis Colvert, Dinwiddie, Shamit. You got lots of pieces, DeAndre lots Jordan's of talent. Too. DeAndre Jordan is there, yeah. too. Um, They have the talent where this can work, and I like Steve Nash as a head coach. Um. You know, we talk about Chris Paul. He's like a Chris Paul where he's one of the s- smartest players in NBA history. His basketball IQ is off the charts. So very interesting team in Brooklyn. Um, you make a good point with the Celtics. Um, I love Jason Tatum. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA to watch right now. They have a very deep team as well with Jalen Brown and uh, Kemba Walker as their third play- their, their third star now. So they do have a lot of pieces. Um, I don't just I just don't think they're quite on par with a team like the Nets or the Bucks, who are my pick. I think the Bucks uh, acquiring Drew Holiday really put them over the top, like Ben said earlier. They also have a lot of good pieces. They were able to keep Dante DiVincenzo, keep Brook Lopez, um, and they have some more underrated guys like DJ Augustine and um, Bobby Portis. Uh, Pat can often come off the bench. 
Uh, they even got Tory Craig from Denver. Not a gr- not a sexy pickup, but he will help coming off the bench. Um, so I do like this team in Milwaukee a lot, and I think this is the year that Giannis gets to his first finals. One more team I want to talk about real quick, and uh, real quick also, I also think the Bucks are going to make it to the finals. Instead, in I think the Bucks are going to make it to the finals. But one more team I wanted to talk about because that same year that the Celtics almost beat the Cavs. The Indiana Pacers took the Cavs to seven as well. And that year, I was like, this team isn't a championship contender now, but maybe if they get a star, develop, this team could maybe be good with Al Depot, Miles Turner. And now they're just kind of like, with the Pacers, I just feel like they're stuck in mediocrity and there's nowhere to go. Because they have pieces, but they're nowhere good enough to win a ring, but they're not going to get a lottery pick. So that's just a weird situation to me. I don't have them as contenders, but I think they're going to make the playoffs as a middle seed yeah. with this team, which it's such a weird situation for me. Yeah, the Pacers are very interesting. They're always like in the middle of the East every year. They're kind of annoying, but they're never too much of a threat in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, they have really good players. They have Malcolm Brogdon. Um, they have TJ Warren, who emerged as, mm-hmm. you know, he was a the bubble MVP. Bubble MVP. He was outstanding in the bubble. Great score. Um, Miles Turner's a good player, and... They, you got to remember, in the bubble and in the playoffs, they didn't have Sabonis, who was maybe their best player. So they have a lot of good pieces. Honestly, when you look at this lineup as a whole, they're really just a star away from being legit contenders. And I did see something. I think Anthony Davis, uh, they're reporting that Anthony Davis, before LeBron went to the Lakers, wanted to join that Pacers team. Interesting. Because I, like, I feel like a star... As good as that team is, I feel like stars would go to go to like any other market but yeah. Indiana. Yeah, it's it's not a sexy team, um, but they do have a lot of good pieces, and if they are able to, and acquire a star of some sort, you know, I think that would really put them as contenders, because I think you can call Demontis Sabonis a star. Obviously, not awesome. a superstar, but he is an All Star caliber player. Um, and you're right, they're just that middle-of-the-pack East team. And I didn't talk about the Miami Heat. Um, Jimmy Butler, one of the best players in the NBA. That whole team as a whole is very well assembled, very well coached. Eric Spolstra deserves a lot of credit for that run that they made last year. But I I don't want to call it a fluke, but I feel like they will not reach another Eastern Conference Finals. They they took advantage of a very good opportunity. They did, yeah. The Bucks were kind of beat up... Um, and you know the bubble was the bubble was weird. A lot of weird shit happened in the bubble. Uh, we know what happened with the Bucks. We know what happened with the Clippers. This year will certainly look a lot different, and the East continues to get better. The Heat did make they didn't get any worse over the off season. They did acquire Avery Bradley from the Lakers, who also did not play in the bubble. So the Heat aren't going anywhere. They will be good. They have some young players that will continue to get better. Um, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, guys like that, they're going to continue to get better as the years go on. So the Heat are not going anywhere. They will be contenders for years to come. But I don't think they're quite on the level that the Milwaukee Bucks are right now. It would take it would take Giannis taking a step back and a lot of the role players taking a step back, I feel, for Milwaukee to not, at the very least, make the Eastern Conference Finals, in my opinion. Their roster got better this year. And this was a team that was up 2-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago, and I believe that this roster is probably better yeah. than that one was. So that's just why I think I think this is the year that they finally 
take that next step. Now, I don't know if they win the NBA Finals, but I think they'll at least get there. The East for me is just so weird because, like Donovan said earlier, it's there's no, like, I don't feel star team, but it's just kind of, like, good enough teams. It's just yeah. it's just a weird conference. Yeah, and I think the last team that – the last pretty good team in the East that we haven't touched on is the Toronto Raptors. Um, they won the 2019 championship with Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leaves, and they still had a pretty good roster mm-hmm. last year. They won a decent amount of games. Um, and they took who'd they take to Celtics? They, it was Celtics they to took seven, the yeah. Celtics to seven games. It was a very good series. Kyle Lowry's a very good player, all star caliber player. We all know that. Leader of that team. And they have a lot of other good pieces. They re signed Fred Van Vliet, um, OG Anunoby, who hit that game winning three against the Celtics, and obviously Pascal Siakam, who kind of underperformed in the bubble, but is still, um, He's on the border of being a star, all-star caliber player. You know, he's one of those guys. And they have some other good pieces like Chris Boucher, Aaron Baines, who they just acquired uh, through free agency. Love Aaron Baines. They got guys like Matt Thomas, Terrence Davis, good shooters off the bench. So they're another team somewhat similar to the Pacers where it's like they're not going to win a championship right now, but they're there. They're going to hang in there. They're going to be annoying. They play good defense, and they're well-coached, and they're going to stick around the East and contend. Um, is there well, any other teams in the East that you guys want to touch well, on? Well, why don't, why don't we just go into it? What do you think are the eight teams that are going to make the playoffs out of the East? So for me, I'd have to go I'd have to go with Milwaukee. I'd have to go with Boston, Brooklyn, Miami. Uh, Philly's going to make it. The Pacers are going to make it. How many am I at? Is that six? Say it again. I so, so I got, not in, not in this order. I got Miami. I got Milwaukee. I got Pacers. I got Toronto. I got Philly. I got Brooklyn and Boston. That's seven. Mm-hmm. I think my eighth would have to go to... Mm, I, I'm between. I'm torn between Washington and the Hawks right now. I'm going to give it to the Hawks. Because slightly give it to the Hawks because there is questions with that Wizards team. We didn't talk about this too much, but they did acquire Russell Westbrook. Um, Bradley Beal is back. And they have a lot of uh, young players, uh, pretty talented young players outside of that. What are you, Ben, what's, what are you thinking for your top eight? I honestly liked your top seven. I would have went for the same top seven. For me, I know I said that there's a good shot that at the beginning of the show, I know I said there's a good shot that Atlanta makes it in. I'm going to go Washington right now just because pure – I think Trey Young, out of if you took the two teams, Trey Young is probably the best player. But yep. then after that, I think it's more on the Washington side. And I know Westbrook was not a fit in, um, in Houston last year, but I think Bradley Beal is a really, really good player. And as long as Westbrook and Beal find some way to get along – I think that team is good enough to make the playoffs. I like um, it's just David Davis Bertans. Yeah, Davis Bertans. I like him a lot. Um, so I don't think that's a terrible team. Um, they're not a championship contender, but I think I need to see the role players from Atlanta take a step forward. Just because I thought they were gonna be an okay team last year, and they were horrible. So um, I think we need to see how the players in Atlanta mesh first before I put them over established guys like Bradley Beal, like Russell Westbrook. So that's why I'm going to go with Washington for now. 
but one injury to Washington or just um, Atlanta taking the next step can push them to that eight seed. The front seven, though, I think I think we would all agree. I think that's a good top seven. Um, yeah. It's not. I don't think it's as tough as the West is for the bottom seeds. No, and that makes sense to me. I mean, you you make a good point about the Wizards being a little more proven than the Hawks. I think I just went with the Hawks because they, in my opinion, they have the best young core in the NBA. And then you add some veteran pieces like Rondo, Bogdanovich, um, and they still have Clint Capella. I think this year will be, I think they'll get that eight seed and gets a little bit of playoff exposure, which would really be important for a young team like that. Um, Donovan, what are you thinking for your top So three? I got, I'm going to give you mine in order. Number one, the one seed, I got the Bucks. Because um, I just think they're hands down the best team. I have the Celtics two, Heat three, uh, Brooklyn four, Toronto five. This one might shock you. Magic six. Okay. I love Orlando going this year. I like Orlando. Kind of like my sleeper team. They're going to be a team at the beginning of the year and probably throughout the entire year that's going to be um, underrated. Not favored a whole lot in games. I'm going to bet on the Magic a lot for sure. I like their team. I like Aaron Gordon. They have a lot of young guys that I think is going to help. Um, so I have them as the sixth seed. I have the 76ers as the seven. And I have the Hawks at the eight. So you're leaving out the Pacers. You don't think the Pacers are going to make the playoffs? I don't. I'm not a big Pacers guy. I don't. I don't like what I'm seeing out of Indiana. I think a healthy Pacers team, though, is good enough to get in. Is my the only question is I don't know if they're going to be healthy. Oladipo did he, Oladipo come back last year? Yeah, we don't we don't really know what's going on with Oladipo. So we don't know with Oladipo, qu- and he's if healthy, probably their best player. Sabonis is solid. Miles Turner. Everyone's saying Miles Turner's a great player, and I know he's probably averaging a double double. I just don't know it. But I've I, I I need to see a big step forward. If he if people are gonna keep saying he's a, a top center in the league, I want him to see him be an all star. I want him to get that double double for sure. I want to see him block two shots a game and be a force in the middle for that Pacers team. And I just I don't see it happening. They don't really have a ton of good guards in a guard heavy league. Uh, are you really going to rely on T.J. Warren to be the bubble MVP of night course. in and night out? Of course. <laughs> I don't think so. So that's why I'm leaving the Pacers out of my playoff picture. And uh, one more thing to note is that this year they are keeping the play-in games. They're going to take seeds 7 through 10 in both conferences and have their little play-in tournament that they had last year. Um, a lot of fans loved it. They had some really exciting games. I can't remember who was in it. It was Portland and Memphis. Memphis. They had some good games. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And moving on to the West, um, we're going to see some of the same teams stick up top, like the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets. But there are some new teams that will emerge and get better, like maybe a Dallas. Uh, Portland made some moves. Um Phoenix might move into a playoff spot, and the Warriors are getting some players back from injury. So it's going to be a very interesting season in the West. I want to start off by saying uh, I think the Lakers and the Clippers are the two best teams in the West, and I'm going to go with Denver for a third, although they did lose a very key player in Jeremy Grant. 
They lost him to the Detroit Pistons. And a lot of people who kind of watched him casually last year don't realize how important he was to them and that and the playoff run that they had. Um, where do you guys see the Nuggets this season? Do you see them making the Western Conference Finals again? I, I'm a big Nuggets guy. I'm a big Nuggets believer. Not only because I am a Nikola Jokic supporter and one of his biggest fans. Um, I think Denver's a solid team. I love Denver. I loved them last year. Um, I remember I actually was thought I I tricked myself into believing that they would beat the Lakers. Um, I was wrong. I'll admit now. Um, but I I once again I love the Nuggets, and you're gonna see probably later on. I got some interesting picks for the Nuggets, but right now I have them listed as my two seed. I honestly think that Denver will drop down to the four seed because I am really looking at um, at Utah taking a step forward. I know there were some rumors about the Donovan Mitchell Rudy Gobert relationship, how it was shattered, but people don't forget that Utah was up three to one in that series and then almost hit a game winning three. I don't remember who shot it. it was I think it was Mike Conley. It was Conley, yeah. and that thing was halfway down at the buzzer. So I think if it's kind of just like a normal season, I know obviously there won't be like full capacity fans, but if it's kind of more of a normal season, I think uh, Utah is going to take a step forward. They might grab a three or two seed, probably the three seed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put them there. Uh, I think Donovan Mitchell's a star. I think we know that. And not that I think Denver's bad, but I do. I like that you brought up the loss of Grant because – I think I don't have Denver going back to the Western Conference Finals, and I'm just going to put them at the four seed right now. Yeah, we did see um, Jamal Murray kind of emerge from a pretty good player to a star in yeah. the in the playoffs last year. Especially in that series against Utah. Especially in that series, and he kind of uh, was consistent throughout the Clippers series, putting up big games, and even a couple against the Lakers. So it was good to see Jamal Murray uh, step into that role as a star, take his first step as a star. He's still a very young player. I believe he's only 20. He's 23 right now. He's going to be 24 this season. And, you know, we know how good Nikola Jokic is. We're going to see Ball Ball take a bigger role this season. Yes. Um, Michael Porter Jr., we're going to see him uh, take a bigger role. He'll probably step up and be their third best player. They still have some other nice pieces. They got Gary Harris. They drafted R.J. Hampton. Um, Paul Millsap, they re-signed. So I still expect Denver to be a top-four team in the West for sure. Ben makes a good point about Utah. They still have one of the most talented rosters in the NBA. They re-signed or they extended Rudy Gobert to a max, I believe a super max deal this past week. Um, they have Gobert locked up. They have Donovan Mitchell. We we know Ben mentioned the drama that they had when the whole COVID struck the NBA. Um, but they played well together in the playoffs. Uh, they did have the 3-1 lead over Denver. That was probably the most entertaining series in the playoffs. And I think they're going to be right back there. Jordan Clarkson's a great scorer off the bench for them. Mike Conley's a very good player. Bogdanovich is a very good player. And to my understanding, I believe they didn't have Bogdanovich in that playoff run last year. I don't think so. I be- I don't think they had him, and that would have been a big, big um, guy to have in that series. They still have Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal. They have a lot of nice pieces. 
They have Shaq Harrison. No one knows how tall that guy is. Did Joe Ingles play in the playoffs? I don't. Didn't he not play? I thought he was big against. Not I th- I think for... he I think he was saying that, but I think he, he ended, ended okay. up did. Play. I just remember that quote when the whole COVID yeah. thing first started about him was like threatening to just not play at all. So. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, a lot of crazy stuff happened last year. And last year, the f- number four seed, the Houston Rockets, um, we don't we don't know what they're going to be this year. I don't see them being a top four seed. Yeah, I, I have think, the middle of the pack. I don't think well. anyone sees them being a top four team in the West this year. So who's going to take that the next step to be a top four team in the West? Because we kind of already – or I'm sorry, we did have our top four. Who's going to be that fifth team in the West that steps up um, is it going to be the Luka Doncic-led Mavericks? Is it going to be the Phoenix Suns? Uh, is it going to be a surprise team like Portland? Who do, what do you guys think? I mean, I don't think... Out of all those teams that you just mentioned, I think that Luka and the Mavs have the best shot because um, I like Portland. They just got to get off to a faster start because it took a big late season surge and they I don't even they wouldn't have even made it if not for the bubble correct? no yeah so they needed the playing game to make it and i think third year with luca they're gonna take the next step forward the thunder won that area last year but the thunder kind of unloaded which i think was a smart decision so really i think with luca i know they lost seth curry which might not sound huge but he played a big role i think if there's a healthy season out of chris tops um as well and that duo get stronger that's my pick right now just because there's been so much movement but if if Poland gets out to a strong start they have a chance as well and if Carmelo Anthony plays like he did in the bubble I I'm gonna go ahead and just rattle off my top eight playoff teams I got the Lakers one I got Denver two Dallas three I'm expecting a Big year out of Luca is what's the deal with Porzingis? What's his status? He's he's back. He's healthy. He's back. He's healthy. Yep. I love him even more now. Porzingis is a great second option, I think, for you know Luca and that whole team. I I just I, I love the Mavs culture. I love Cuban. I got the Clippers four. I think take a little bit of a step back. I got Utah five. I like what Ben said. Where they're on the come up. I just I think they're maybe one more piece away. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I like I love Gobert. I think Conley's solid. I just don't think he's the right third option for that team. Um, I have Portland six. Uh, it's Dame time. Um, I, I love Damian. Um, seven and eight. This might surprise you. Seven. I got the Pelicans. Okay. The very young team, probably the youngest team in the league. Um, I lo- I like what they did. Uh, Brandon Ingram took a big step last year, and I think he's going to continue. We all know what Zion's capable of doing. It's just a matter of time where he takes the league by storm. Um, Steven Adams, I think one of the most underrated pickups this offseason. Mm-hmm. Steven Adams is a beast on the boards. He is a defensive monster. I think he's going to really help this um, Pelicans team. And with... Steven Adams and um, Lonzo, who Lonzo's a very good defender now. I think New Orleans has a chance to be one of the best defensive teams in the league at a young age. And then eight, I have Phoenix. So what about, what? I know this is probably a discussion where Phoenix versus this team, but do you all give Memphis a shot this year? 
I do like Memphis. I think I think they're gonna contend for a spot. It's just a matter of do I like a team of John Moran, Josh Jack, or not Josh Jackson? Who's the guy? Oh, Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson. Um, so many goddamn Jays on that team. Um, Dylan Brooks. Yeah. He played it, well last year. Dylan Brooks did. Yeah. It, it's just a matter of do I trust those three up against Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and Devin Booker. And right now, mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Phoenix Suns probably because of their jerseys. No, I, do I s- love their jerseys. <laughs> I want the Valley jerseys so goddamn badly. I, I do want to step in, and I, I'm i correcting myself. Porzingis is actually not ready for the season yet. Okay. Um, He's doing five-on-fives. I don't know how long it's going to take. I'm sure they're not going to rush him back. Yeah. Um, But... When we talk about down the stretch playoffs, at that point, you know he will have played plenty of games and he will be back in that system. Um, and speaking on Dallas, they also did get Josh Richardson recently, which is a nice little pickup for yes. them. Um, they have guys like Tim Hardaway, Luka Doncic. Um, little sneak peek, he is my pick for MVP. We'll get in, we'll get more into MVP very soon, um, but I think he will take another step this year so i think the mavericks are going to be a threat to pretty much every team in the west i think they can beat any team on any given night um porzingis was very good if porzingis doesn't get hurt in that clipper series do they beat the clippers in the second round i think so possibly very possible i mean very possible how many games that go to the first time six it went to six yeah so so it's it's very possible um for me I'm going to go with Portland as my sixth seed. I do like Portland. I like the moves they made. They started off really slow, like Ben said last season. Um, But they did get hot in the bubble. Uh, They took the Lakers to five in the first round. They still have Carmelo Anthony. They still have, obviously, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, one of the best guard duos in the league. Robert Covington is a very good pickup for that team. I think he's going to fit in very well with their style of play. They have Zach Collins back from injury. They have a healthy Yusuf Nurkic. Um, they have a lot of good players. Gary Trent Jr., one of the better shooters in the league right now, based on what we saw in the bubble. So I think they're definitely also a top six team in the West. They they definitely could surprise some people and be a threat in the playoffs. I'm going to go with Phoenix as my seventh seed. Um, that Chris Paul pickup was huge for them. Based on how well they looked at the end of last year, based on how good Devin Booker looked, DeAndre Ayton looked, they did lose Kelly Oubre. Yep. Um, but that Chris Paul pickup, I think, puts them into a playoff spot. And my last spot either goes to, it's got to go to either New Orleans, Memphis, or Houston. Now, if we know that James Harden is playing for Houston this year, and we have a healthy John Wall. I got to go with Houston, higher than eight even. I will definitely have Houston in the middle of the pack of the West. Um, but we don't know. We don't know what ha- what's going to happen with Houston. If they don't have a James Harden, it's between them and the New Orleans Pelicans. And I might have to go with the Pelicans based on how talented their roster is. And a lot of those young guys taking another step. They did acquire Steven Adams, like Donovan mentioned. They also have Eric Bledsoe, even though he didn't play too well last year. They have Bledsoe, good player. Um, we know about how good Brandon Ingram is. We know how good Zion Williamson is. Uh, they're going to get a lot of prime time this year, and I would not be surprised at all to see them make the playoffs. For me, I am going to have to say, I think Houston, Harden, 
is going to stay there. So I'm going to have Houston end up as my sixth seed. So my one through four was Lakers, you know, Clippers two. I had Utah at three and then Denver at four. So then my five is Mavs, Houston at six. Portland has a better start, still not great. So they're going to be seven. And then my eighth team is going to be Phoenix just because of that veteran that veteran team that they have. I know that I'm leaving New Orleans out, and I very well could be wrong. I think if New Orleans misses it, they miss it by one, maybe two games, and that's how close it's going to be. I think we're going to see, like, last year, I think seeds, like, seven through nine are going to be within, like, four to two games of each other. So that's kind of my bottom. And I think that um, – I think Suns make it an eight and that Portland just misses out – not Portland – Pelicans just miss out, and as long Mel, uh, Memphis misses out barely as well. So my one thing I want to ask is, we're all in agreement. Warriors aren't making the playoffs. How oh, did I not even I think of the did Warriors? Not even think of Golden State. No, we're, because, we're not in agreement. Because I I wow. thought long and hard about it. I don't no. like Golden State. I I, did, I don't even know how I because it's just it would, like I totally with last year they fell off the map so far. It just was. I can't believe I didn't even I didn't even think yeah. of that. No, I would put the Warriors in over Phoenix. Not maybe in that seed. I would maybe move. I would maybe move Golden State up to like six and move the other ones down. I don't even know. Like I just can't believe I whiffed on that because it's, the West yeah. is so loaded. If you look at it, it is so loaded. And I didn't know that they were doing the playing games. Yeah. Which that's just gonna. I think that was just for the Western Conference. Um, but yeah, it's it's so loaded. It's just a matter of fact that they the Warriors they don't have Clay, and and they have a lot of new guys. A lot of new guys that I think are solid, but I think you're still probably a year or two away relying on Wiggins to step up, uh, the rookie um, Wiseman. Uh, Wiseman Wiseman to step up, Kelly Oubre to step up. I mean, we know Draymond's Draymond, but is he really ready to take? You know, be another all-star caliber player on that team. I just don't think so. I think that team. I I know Big Cat talks a lot of uh, talks about it a lot in football, where you have a team's best player, but a team's most important player is different. I think the Warriors' best player is Curry, but I think their most important player is Clay. Yeah, Clay. Clay's that glue guy. Um, he's been so important to those championship teams because he is probably the second best shooter in the world. And he plays some of the best perimeter defense in the world. So having a guy like that who works so perfectly in your system, losing him is so crucial. It's it's a brutal loss for them. But we got to remember how great Steph Curry is. And if we're looking at this Warriors potential starting five for this season, you got Steph Curry, you got Andrew Wiggins, who hasn't gotten much better in the past few years, but can drop 20 on any given night, right? He's a good scorer. We have Kelly Oubre, who has stepped up the past couple years. As he gets older, he's became a better scorer, a better overall player for Phoenix. Um, you got Draymond at the four, and then you got Wiseman at the five. And I think we were all in agreement that we like Wiseman a lot. Mm-hmm. They Off the bench, you got guys like some guys that stepped up for them last year when they weren't too good, like Eric Paschal, uh, Damian Lee, Brad Wanamaker they signed. They have Jordan Poole, uh, Nico Mannion. So I definitely... I'd want to go back, and I want to say this team, I think, will make the playoffs mm-hmm. rather than the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, they'll be in the bottom half of the West, in my opinion. But I, I do think that we'll see both the Pelicans and the Grizzlies in those playing games because they're both talented enough. 
Yep. I as a top ten, you know, both finishing top ten in yeah, the West. I think I think if you follow this up, I think I think the nine seed for me is probably gonna be Golden State. Okay. I'll probably give the ten to probably like a Memphis and then I give the eleven to like a Houston. And then like a twelve to Minnesota or something. Well oh, yeah, because do... you still have teams. It's crazy because you have teams like the Sacramento Kings and the Timberwolves that will probably would probably make the playoffs in the East, yet they might not even finish top ten or eleven in the West. I mean, the Kings are very talented uh, with De'Aaron Fox, who they just signed to, uh, a, I believe, a five years max extension. They got guys like Buddy Heald. They do have good, talented players on that team. A couple All Star caliber players, yet they're likely to not even finish top ten in the West. So. I think that shows how deep this conference really is. I'm just glad you brought up Golden State just because when we talked about our rookie of the year with LaMelo, and I I brought up Wiseman and talked about how good he was going to fit in that offense and then just completely forgot about them because I'm so used to them either being like the one seed and then for them the last year just completely fell off the map. So that was – I don't know how I whiffed on them, but yeah, like I, I think they're good enough to make the playoffs. So I would put them ahead of Houston at six and move the other ones down. Uh, definitely, definitely needed to revisit that. All right, and I want to know what you guys think about the awards. I'm going to go ahead and list mine off. Mine, I did a little differently. I think in most cases, like for the MVP, it's either going to be Giannis, AD, maybe Luka for most people. I'm doing in terms of betting, so I looked at most of the mm-hmm. lines this morning, and I picked guys that I think have very good odds that if things went their way, I think could win it. So my MVP, Jokic. A little bias. I love Jokic, but he's a guy who I think can completely change the position, the way he can score, the way he can pass, the way he can defend. His odds right now for the MVP, plus 2,500. Mm. Love it. Uh, Rookie of the year, I'm going to go, I think I said it a little earlier, Denny. Denny. Denny, the dude uh, on Washington. Um, I love him. He's plus 1,800. Very good. Um, defensive Player of the Year, not a lot of good uh, g- options um, besides AD, Giannis, and Gobert. So I went with Gobert plus two seventy five. Sixth Man of the Year, I think this one can be interesting. I put two guys that could potentially win: Jordan Clarkson plus nine fifty. Uh, he was very good off the bench last year for Utah, and then at plus twenty four hundred for the Magic. Terrence Ross, I think that'll be an interesting one. I think we've seen him have explosive games, and I think if this is the this could be the year he kind of puts it all together and kind of becomes a solid role player. Uh, coach of the year, I'm gonna put Rick Carlisle. I think pretty much the coach of the year every year just just so happens to be the team with the best record. So odds wise, the Bucks, uh, the Lakers, and the Clippers, they're all kind of up there in the odds. I think. Dallas, if everything goes right, they can potentially get a one seed in the West, although I do think it'll go to the Lakers. And then my NBA champs. Both these teams are at plus 2,000 to win it. It is Utah and Denver. So you think those two have the most potential? You don't want to go with the favorites. You want to go with the best odds to just risk a little bit of money. I do think... High reward, will risk. Yes, I think I, I, I'm confident that the Lakers will not win it this year. I think it is very hard to go back-to-back, back, and especially 
that they didn't have much of an off season. I think come playoff time, they're going to be exhausted. And I think because of that, I think you're going to see another, a different team come out of the West. Well, they also have a lot of new pieces and they got to work those that together. And, you know, they do have chemistry with some of their top players, but they do have to work some of those key role players back into their system. Yeah. Um, your MVP pick, you went with Nikola Jokic. I did. I went with him last year, actually. Um, he wasn't within the top three in voting, although, you know, he still had a very good season, especially in the playoffs and in the bubble. Very great end to the season. I have not looked at the odds. My pick is Luka Doncic. I think he's I think the Mavericks are gonna be a top four team in the West. Um I think Luka is going to con- take another step forward. He finally got some playoff exposure. He, I, that's, I think that's really going to help them and carry on to next season. I feel like the MVP does have, you know, their team does have to perform well in the regular season. And I think if the Mavericks are a top four team in the West, I think it will be Luka. Um, and you're right, Giannis is right there. He very well could three-peat his MVP um, but we see this a lot in sports where when a player does something for a couple of years, a great player, and they do these great things, it's not as crazy to us when they do it again. Yep. So if Giannis has another season like he did last year, I don't see him getting the same MVP hype. He would have to shoot much better from the three-point He range, would, yeah. And probably free throws, too. Right. Um, he would have to take yet another step, which is hard to do based on how good he is how talented he is. So I'm going to go with Luka. I think he has the most uh, potential to continue to improve based on all the best players in the league. I think Anthony Davis could also make a case. That's my pick. I, um, I think Anthony Davis, fresh off the new deal, is yeah, going to have a great Hot year. take. I believe by the end of this season, a lot of people will be calling Anthony Davis the best player in the world because I do have the Lakers winning the championship this year, and I think Anthony Davis, after his first championship – is going to have another great playoff run. You mentioned the Lakers needing rest. I think, especially in the regular season, you're going to see LeBron with some load management. If Anthony Davis can stay healthy, I believe he, by the end season's end, he will have a case for best player in the world. Um, rookie of the year, I don't know if I said this earlier. Um, I... Based on the betting odds, I looked at the odds. I think Isaac Okoro has really good odds. If I, like I had, if I had to make the safest pick, I would go Lamelo Ball because he, you know, I, I haven't seen too much from him in preseason or whatnot, especially on the offensive side. Um, his scoring ability is very questionable right now, but I think Isaac Okoro is he's going to be a good player for the Cavs. The Cavs don't have a lot to play for this year. Um, they're going to be in the bottom of the East. They have a lot of good young talent, and I think Isaac Okoro is going to shine this year. Um, so he's a good pick for Rookie of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year, I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. I mean, this is – you're right. There's really only, like, three guys you can go with this. Maybe a Draymond Green, too. Um, I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. And what – did I miss anything? Coach of the Year. I did Co- coach of the year. year. Coach of the year and sixth player of the year. I could definitely see sixth uh, player of the year. Six, yes, the sixth. I think my sixth <laughs> man of the year. It's tough. It's tough. I like your Jordan Clarkson pick a lot, 
Um, an underrated pick might be Danilo Gallinari from the Hawks. Um, assuming he comes off the bench as the sixth man, I think he would be a good pick as well. Lou Williams is obviously going to be there, especially with Montrezl Harrell gone. Um, and Serge Ibaka, another player on the Clippers, he's kind of stepping into almost Montrezl Harrell's role, but in a little different way. He will certainly be a good candidate as well. But I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with Clarkson. I like your pick on that. So for mine, I know I already said MVP, Anthony Davis. Um, I wouldn't go as far as to say that he'll be the best player by this year's end, but I think he will put on a show. I think he'll have a great season in L.A. And uh, I I don't know if we'll see him play as many games just because of how short the offseason was, especially for the Lakers. But I think he's going to have a fantastic season, and that's my MVP pick. For Coach of the Year... I honestly am going to go with Nick Nurse. I think he's such a great coach and I think on a team I don't I think I don't I think it's fair to not call Kyle Lowry a superstar and on a team like really without a superstar the way he has them competing night in and night out and uh how he's been as a coach in just 2 years I know that's not like a He's not a favorite. I didn't look at the odds, but I would assume he's not anyway. He's the up there. He's up there. Mm-hmm. I want to say he's top probably six or seven. Okay. Yeah, I'm going with Nick Nurse. Sixth man of the year is hard because I was going to go Jordan Clark. I mean, Jordan Clarkson is part of the reason why I think that uh, Denver has a chance to na- take that step forward to the three seed where I have them at. Utah. Yeah, Utah. Uh, same team. Uh, not U- really. Kind of. <laughs> um... With you with Utah, I just we saw how how well he played in that system, and coming off the bench, a guy that can give them a lot of points in his limited role, he's a he's a really good candidate for me. Clarkson is, um, I would not have thought of Gallinari, but that one could be good as well. Um, but yeah, those are my those are my main picks. I feel really good about the Anthony Davis one. I really do believe he's gonna be. Especially in like year two, I think he's gonna be great for LA. Yeah, it just especially if they are able to get the one seed again, I think he would definitely be a hot pick. It just might be tough um, playing alongside LeBron James to you know put up the numbers that Luca might put up. Um, I don't think I mentioned my most improved player, but since this is a regular season award, um, based on what I saw from the uh, playoffs in the bubble last year, I think Jamal Murray uh, makes a, will make a strong case for most improved player if he continues to play like he did during the playoffs last season um, because he was not the same player in the regular season. He was a all-star caliber player in the regular season, but in the playoffs he really took that next step. And if he plays like that next year, I think he will be most improved player. And uh, my coach of the year, this is tough. It can go a lot of different ways, but if the Heat are able to get a top two or three seed, I can see it being Eric Sprolster again. If they're able to maintain their success and stay atop of the East, um, I think he is definitely one of the best coaches in basketball. And, I mean, when you put them up against how talented some of those other teams are in the East, I think Spolstra will make a strong case. Uh, and who do you guys have like as your champs? My champs, I, I have the Lakers. I think when you compare them to some of these other teams, there's a lot of question marks with a lot of these teams, like the Brooklyn Nets. Um, the Bucks are talented, but we still haven't seen Giannis in the finals yet. And he hasn't really, as great as he's been in the regular season, he's been gr- good in the playoffs, 
but he hasn't elevated from his reg, you know, his regular season performance. Um, so I I need to see a little more from Giannis in the playoffs, and with the Clippers, I mean, we saw. I I just can't trust them considering their second best player is Paul George, and we have yet to see Paul George really, um, be a good enough player in the playoffs for quite some time now. I mean, with this time with the Thunder and now with the Clippers, he's kind of disappointed us in the playoffs a lot. So I think the safest pick is definitely the Lakers. I think they're the most talented team. They have two of the best players. And I think they got better over the offseason. So if they can come together, if they can get enough time together to mesh, I think come playoff time, I don't think there's anyone that can beat them. So that's my pick. I would really love to listen to the statistic about how hard it is to repeat as NBA champs. And also would really love to pick a Bucks team that has made improvements to the roster. But I don't think a team led by LeBron James is going to kind of let his roster fall into that, like, like f- take a step backward type of mentality. And especially this guy is what, it's finals eight times in nine years, nine times in ten years, I something like that. Yeah, it's like nine and ten. Yeah. So I think if there's, if there's, a, there's a couple guys throughout NBA who can be that mentally strong, and LeBron James is for sure one of them, and just the way their roster is built, it's such a good roster. Rob Plank is going to win executive of the year. I think that's an easy pick. So I just think the way they built that roster and how good they are, um, I would pick the Lakers to win. That's not who I'm rooting for. Um, I would really love to pick Milwaukee and be right about them. But until I see the Lakers like take a step backward, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Lakers. Yeah, and my final pick, I'm I'm gonna bet on the Jazz and the Nuggets to win it. But my final pick is Denver. Wow. Okay. You think. They have enough with with Jamal Murray with Jokic as a very strong one two, and then you have role guys where Bull Bull, which we can we know he's he can potentially be point guard Bull Bull point guard. I mean, you could have point guard Jokic and Bull Bull, and then that would just be OP. But uh, he's he can be potentially very good. I liked Michael Porter Jr. out of Mizzou. Um, I thought he was going to be really good. He obviously had like the neck or the back injury that yeah. made him fall in the draft, but I liked him a lot. And I mean, they have, they have pieces to win a championship. And I, I feel strongly that, and this is not just me being a Lakers hater slash LeBron hater, but I think someone else out of the West is going to make it. And I think it's Denver. Now I, it's just really tough for me to see that, um, because if we're going to see Denver make that next step, they're going to have to... The loss of Jeremy Grant is huge for them. They're really going to need a, a guy like Michael Porter Jr. to take the next step. Um, they're going to need Michael Porter Jr. to not only play better than he did last year, but he's going to have to be at almost an all-star level, you know. Um, and a guy like Ball Ball, they're all, if, if a guy like Ball Ball takes a next step and he's also a very good role player for them then they could they could see um they could definitely challenge the Lakers in the West. Um I just want to say that Rob Polinka, Ben mentioned Rob Polinka, has done such a great job of not only getting these good players in Los Angeles, but being able to keep these players. Like they just uh 
obviously Anthony Davis signed his five-year extension. LeBron signed his three-year extension. And he also retained guys like Caruso, Kyle Kuzma, uh, Caldwell Pope, some of the most important players from the championship team. So I'm going to have to go with the Lakers until I can see something that proves me otherwise. Um, though my biggest, I think their biggest threat coming into the next season is going to be injuries. Anthony Davis, we saw him get roughed up in the finals a few times. Luckily, he was able to stay in the games. Um, and then LeBron James, year 18, he seems invincible, but again, age could always catch up to him, and this is his shortest offseason ever. So it's a lot can happen. There's a lot of uncertainty with this upcoming season. I would say their biggest threat is the short offseason, which I guess kind of plays hand-in-hand hand with injuries. They're kind of going to be like cause injuries because of a short offseason. Um, I think this could be a year where maybe like they rest so much where they would potentially miss out on a number one seed. But I don't think that would that's going to change their, their title chances. Once playoff time comes, whatever seed they are, they're going to be ready to go. And I think they're going to repeat. All right, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I want to thank you all for listening, and have an awesome holidays.